Captain Fizzman's dream has finally come true. He has taken over Geekazoid. And uh, we just want to welcome everyone to this very special edition of Geekazoid. We'd like to thank you so much for chiming in live if you are. And if you are on the chats, definitely leave a comment below. Because if you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, uh, you can join the conversation. All you need to do is leave a comment and we'll read it out here. And hopefully we can display your name on the screen as well. It is a very special episode episode of Geekazoid because this is the 1st of September and to to let us know why it is special we're going to bring in the Hogwarts man himself the Hogwarts Express why haven't we called you that before uh <laughs> Captain Fizzman welcome to Geekazoid welcome to the stream what is so special about today so if you aren't familiar September 1st is the day in which all Hogwarts students both new and returning go back to Hogwarts. It is the start of term. It is the day where first years get sorted. It is also the time of the entrance feast and the sorting hat feast. Like everything happens. Yeah, beautiful. So it, it, I, it, it's funny because I say that this is the Harry Potter themed episode, but it's actually the Fizzman themed episode, which is uh, which is pretty <laughs> funny, and we are also joined by none other than our friend Dion. Dion is back on Geekazoid. I'm Good back. to see you, buddy. How you been? How's everything going? I've, I've been much better this week. I'm ready to tell you guys about all the new news that we've got this week. You know, we've got some really interesting stuff to tell you guys. You know, I am not as big of a Harry Potter fan, of course, as Fizzman, but I'm just so excited to really dig deep in it today. You know, tell you guys about everything Harry Potter related as well. And like he said, like, I never knew that, you know, September first being like the first day back of, of Hogwarts and stuff. That's, that's really cool. But I'm so keen to get back into this. Let's go. So we'll, we were very lucky uh, just before we kick it over to our trending topics, but we we're very lucky that uh, Tay uh, was able to make it to Sydney this week for a, uh, an event that we attended, a Rick and Morty event that we attended. Uh, and oh, Tay's in the chat. Tay's hey, in the Tay. chat. Tay says, uh, oh, sad that I can't join tonight, watching oh. in the car on the way home from the airport. And uh, Tay was meant to land in Melbourne this morning, but her flight got delayed and then delayed and then delayed. So I know that she is really upset that she can't make today's because of the it being Harry Potter themed. And our big talking discussion today is 
what is the greatest or what is the best Harry Potter film in our opinion. So if you have a Harry Potter movie of choice, let us know in the comments below. Like I said, that's going to be happening later on in the show. But Tay, uh, we're happy that you've landed. We, we will miss you on the stream tonight, uh, but we cannot wait to hear from you uh, a little bit. Uh, later on feel free to chat to us in in the in the in the chat um but we can't wait to have you back next week all right gentlemen are we ready to kick it over to our trending topics let's do it yes 100 it, it's not as big as what it has been in the past but i think we're on top of this so let's kick it over to my favorite section trending topics <laughs> And it is fitted and fitting that we kick off our trending topics with something that is Harry Potter related or the Wizarding World related. Uh, Captain Fizzman, do you want to take it away and tell us there is another update for the Hogwarts Legacy game? Let's go. Yeah, surprisingly, there is another update for the Hogwarts Legacy game. Uh, the Hogwarts Legacy account has been slowly releasing new footage, like bits and pieces of the game. And we actually finally like not too long ago, got our first look on how decision-making comes into play. So you actually have three different options that you can choose from. This is specifically with the Cruciatus Curse as to whether you want to learn it or if you don't want to or if you want it used against you. So it's tying in with the whole dark arts scene that we got last week and the week before uh, at Gamescom. So with the, the newest look at the game and the newest game trailer featuring heavily focusing on the dark arts, we actually have this um, decision-making clip. Uh, no audio, because I feel like there is uh, some really special audio that they're trying to keep uh, a secret as much as they can. Uh, but I am excited because it shows that decision-making does come into play when it comes to choosing whether you stay on the side of good or whether you stay where you decide to go and follow the dark path. This is wicked. I'm just looking at this footage here, Fizz, man. Can you just talk us through uh, what is happening? In, so this is, the, this is a, well, it starts out with a bird's eye view and then it kind of goes in more into a close up of, uh, I assume the way you learn spells that you go to the direction. So for example, as we see, the character is walking towards something that's crucial, maybe like a chest or like a spell book. And that is how we would learn new spells and pick up new abilities uh, in terms of like what magic we can use. So it's very interesting. It, is, it still is playing on the whole dark arts element, but it's really cool to actually see all this footage. And it just makes me so hyped for the game. I cannot wait. February 10th. I absolutely cannot wait for this. I'm actually making preparations. So when I do get my 72 hours early access, I can just play it nonstop and I won't be disturbed. And I can just play the whole game. And then by the time we finish, maybe I'll finish by the time we do a Geekasoid episode, I can actually give you my full-on first thoughts about the game. That would be great. Uh, out of curiosity, does that 72 hours cross over with when we do our Geekazoid shows on, on Thursday? So does that so mean February be... 10th is a Friday and oh. 72 hours oh. <laughs> is three days. So we can't, so we'll get up probably on the Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. So or even mean... Monday. 
So does that mean you're NAing that Thursday so you can get as much time as possible, or would you happen to have maybe like an hour set aside, or even if no, you no, just no, 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 I'm I'll make the time to jump into Geekazoid <laughs> and do that stuff. I, I absolutely want to be on Geekazoid, so I will take time out of my busy schedule playing Hogwarts Legacy to <laughs> to to give you the update on what I think about Hogwarts Legacy. How I was gonna say it? I kind of like it how cool it's it's like choose your own story type of game i never knew that like that's going to be quite interesting how that plays out yeah it is going to be really interesting and i wonder like you said before fizz is there a reason why they're leaving out uh audio and i'm assuming the characters talk and all that sort of stuff and you can maybe choose the type of so i do voice? think that i feel like um it's very similar uh if you have played saints row and like games very similar to where you can actually choose like your pitch and the audio in which how your character speaks so it's definitely leaving that up to the imagination because it's essentially it's wanting you to put yourself in the character it's giving you that much freedom in terms of character creation and customization that they're purposefully not having the audio from the game like not even music from the game i feel like they're working on a score and it just is going to be music to my ears yeah, Pun intended. I can, I can <laughs> imagine what that score is going to sound like. That is intense. Okay, let's leave it there. We are going to come back to some Harry Potter stuff a little bit later on. I mean, uh, we're not done, but it's fine. There's more Hogwarts oh, Legacy stuff. Oh, go, go, Ooh. talk then. Yes. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> PlayStation fans, I am so jealous of you right now because there is a PlayStation exclusive quest. And... This wasn't featured anywhere. It's actually was translated from the German listing and it's called the uh, Hogsmeade Haunted Shop. That is uh, from the Amazon Germany listing for the actual game and it's exclusive just for PlayStation users. So if you're a PS4 or PS5 player, I hate you both so much. (laughs) Like when I put this in the Discord, I was like, I had so many angry emojis because I am not happy at all. Like, okay, with Sony and Spider-Man, I totally get it because Sony has the rights to it. But this is Harry Potter. This is the Wizarding World. This is Warner Brothers. Like, there aren't, like, Warner Brothers isn't owned by Sony, okay? There is no need for exclusivity on consoles. Also, the fact that PlayStation users get the recipe for Felix Felicis, which if you're familiar with Harry Potter Canon, takes about six months to brew, and it's probably the hardest potion to brew ever. I am trying to get a PS5. It just needs to come into stock. This man needs later. I just, yeah, I'm like, if, if I have to, I, I mean, I'm happy getting a standard edition or the deluxe edition of the game as like a digital version because mm-hmm. I already got the collected edition for Xbox. So I already have the book and the wand and all of that stuff. I just hate that they have exclusive stuff on the PlayStation. It just, why? It, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, I, I guess from a, uh, a business point of view, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony have paid um them a lot of money to get some exclusive content but then in saying that i wouldn't be surprised if maybe xbox might have a separate site like i know it's not announced now and all that content, sort of stuff. yeah yeah they exactly. might have something if, else if, if they do i'll be happy but also like for playstation users on the dual sense controller you actually get your house colors when you play them so like that should have been oh. exclusive enough so yeah so with the playstation 5 uh, the way the controller lights up will be based on your house colors when you're. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
That is very cool. I know. Like, it's like, what a time should I get to a, PlayStation? a PlayStation? You yeah. should. Great okay. investment, I reckon. If, look, Fizzman, I'm just going to put it out there. If you are the Harry Potter fan that you say you are, you'll get... <laughs> are you really calling me out here, Jaden? <laughs> no, I know you are a massive fan, and I wouldn't put it past you if you're like, next week, hey, I managed to get a PS5, so I'm all sweet. <laughs> I wouldn't, it put, I wouldn't put it past you. All right. Are we okay to move on? Yes, Fizzman? we're okay. We'll continue. Awesome. All right. So, Dion, man, uh, tell me, you. Uh, when I heard this news, I thought of you immediately. So, tell I me, was, what, what is happening? I was so hyped when I heard this news. So, with the director, this isn't something that I was either surprised about or entirely hyped about. This this isn't the hype part. This is just like, oh, this is interesting, you know? We've got uh, Matt Shackman going to be uh, supposedly in talks to direct the Fantastic Four movie, which is quite exciting because... You know, WandaVision had good reviews all around, right? So this is going to be quite uh, kind of an exciting kind of um, creative approach from his side, like how he will kind of execute Fantastic Four coming into the MCU as well. Um, I just feel like with the way he directs, it's not going to be characters that have an origin story. They're already going to be in the MCU. So it's going to be more so like, oh, characters I've already had that that kind of character development. They're already at their kind of primish um, kind of state when they do enter the MCU. And speaking of which, in the Fantastic Four, we've also got news. Again, this is rumors, so this is just speculated rumors. But um, Penn Badgley, which is the uh, the protagonist or antagonist, I don't know what you'd call him, in the TV show You, um, he's rumored to play Reed Richards, which I personally think is a perfect choice. Yeah. Just his charisma, his personality, his look, everything. It would be perfect. This is like one of those things that are very rare that you think of a completely new character. Usually it's like, ooh, like it's a bit iffy, but he'd definitely master it. I can definitely see him doing a really good job for a younger Fantastic, uh, Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. Because I think John Krasinski is more that older kind of look, but yes. he would do the young look justice, I reckon. Have what you I... heard something? So, Dion, I only just found out about this today, um, and it is very yeah. much a rumor. But apparently there was a post-credit scene that was cut from Multiverse of Madness Yes, that I heard about that. Yeah, Reed yeah. Richards from another <laughs> universe. Yeah. Uh, that, do you want to elaborate on that? So a different universe, about, was it? Yeah, I don't know if they oh. mentioned who the actor would be from this other universe that's playing this okay. other Reed Richards, um, but I definitely did hear about that deleted scene. I think it was too much to just kind of chuck it once for us in the multiverse of madness. We already had like jam-packed kind of all these cameos, so I feel like yes. they're kind of waiting to really... They're really building it up, you know, having them kind of be a mystery at the moment for us to try and give our kind of fan uh, fan kind of guesses of who they're going to cast as as Reed Richards or Susan Storm, by the way. This isn't any rumours. This is just my own speculations and my own personal choice. Speaking of Susan Storm, I think the two, the three best choices would be um, Elizabeth Lale, which is the girl protagonist in the TV show You, Amanda Seyfried, if I pronounce that right, and um, Lily James. So Amanda Seyfried and Lily James are both from Mamma Mia, which is like one of my favorite franchises ever. I love musicals, by the way. But they both are really good actresses. But a fun fact about Amanda Seyfried, which makes me think that she might not play Susan Storm, is she was actually asked to play Gamora when 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy came out. And she declined it because she's like, this movie's going to bomb. I'm not going to be in a movie with a talking tree. And look at where we are now. We've got, you know... Guardians of the Galaxy popping off in the MCU right now. So I don't think it might, it may not be Amanda Seyfried. She's not a big uh, superhero fan, but Elizabeth Lale, Lily James, I'm totally down for. 
it's um it's I'm I'm really happy that they're going for a younger crop of um actors and uh I heard that yep. they want to get two like A-listers to you know be the main like Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm as well um and then they're looking at relatively unknowns to play um Johnny and also um Ben uh, the Does that mean the I can torch. play Johnny Storm? If I Dude, audition? yes. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> yes. Get out uh, actually, really speaking that. of fan casting, um, Melissa Benoist has also, also been fan casted to play Sue Storm. And if you're familiar, Ooh, she okay, played yeah, Marley Rose in Glee, and she also played uh, Cara Danvers in Supergirl. Hmm, interesting. Do we know how old uh, Amanda... I always suffer her last name as I, well. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Probably... Give me a minute. Late like 30s, 30s, I'm assuming. 37, okay. 38 is my guess. Let's see what his man's got for us. Let's go. And then also, let's find out about um, uh, uh, Mr. Reed Richards as well. How old is... Uh, is it? Was it Penn? Was his... so, yeah, it's Penn Badgley, yeah. Amanda is born in 1985, making her 36. Mm-hmm. And then Ooh. Penn Badgley is... Because... 35. Okay, so they're roughly the same age. That is um, surprising. And it's good because, like, when you think about it, like, most of, like, the heroes in the MCU are quite, like, older. And I'm expecting them, like, the Fantastic Four to get, like, a couple of movies out of them. Mm, right? I so definitely would, see that. Yeah. You've got to think of, like, the next 10 that years. That whole expansion. That's right. So I guess when the actual film comes out, they will be about maybe 37. And then you got to think about mm, in 10 yeah. years' time, there will be... 47 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to see, think about like how much life you can get out of this because, you know, like I guess Chadwick Bosman, you know, um, bless him and God rest his soul. Um, he was about 40 or 41 when he was cast as uh, the King of Wakanda, the Black Panther. So um, Absolutely. And, Speaking on and, that point though, I don't know yeah. if you guys knew, but Robert Downey Jr. was about 41 when he played Iron yes. Man and Iron Man 1. So it's like, you know, you can have actors that are, you know, they're quite old in age, but they still look young at heart. Like, you know, Chadwick Boseman or RDJ. Um, it can, it can, it's possible it can happen, but also on the point of, you know, we do have that whole character development field in the MCU. How long are they going to be playing that character for? And if they're, you know, not going to ruin what their character is age-wise if they get too old. Well, Ian um, Grufford, who originally played Mr. Fantastic and Jessica Alba, mm. so Ian Grufford was about 30 when he played Mr. Fantastic, and oh, Jessica yeah. Alba was about 23, 24 when <laughs> she filmed as Sue Storm. Wow, really? Yeah. How interesting. I, I just love how they made her on, like, a blonde in that movie. Sorry, what was that, D? I... I love how they made her a blonde in that movie. Like, I thought that was quite impossible, but she low-key pulled it off. Jessica Alba. Uh, as Jessica Alba was it like the the prime of like her like hype like everyone loved her. I think she was on yeah. what was the TV show she was on was it Dark Angel or um, yeah Dark Angel yeah and then she was also like uh, into, Honey no, into the blue Honey there was like a surfer movie that she was in as well that I can't remember. oh uh God hold on give me a minute Blue Crush minute. Blue Crush I think it was I think Blue Crush it was like with Paul Walker or something like that yeah anyway. While you're looking for that fizz, man, I'm gonna kick it over to my uh, into the blue. Topic. Into the blue. I thought it was yes. into the blue. All right, well, we're, we're, we're on the right over. track with the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just I remember. Can, I can tell. I don't know if anything happened, but I'm back. 
And D, you're back at the perfect time because now we're going to be talking about DC Films want Dan Lin as their Kevin. Yes. And which Kevin are we talking about? Not Kevin Costner, <laughs> not uh, Kevin from uh, Home Alone or Home Alone 2. We're talking about Kevin Feige, the man uh, who has made the MCU what it is and he is the brains behind the madness. And did you know that uh, Kevin Feige is actually a massive star wars fan he apparently really? his knowledge, apparently his knowledge for like everything all in the star wars universe is like a lot bigger than his knowledge of marvel and his marvel knowledge is insane but apparently <laughs> yeah like, wow yeah, it's 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 crazy but anyway on the screen that you see now this is dan lynn um you may not know who he is but um he's actually quite a well accomplished producer he's always been working behind the scenes in a lot of movies uh he was a producer or a, de a de let me say this again a development exclusive uh director of uh the departed uh he's also been involved in the sherlock holmes franchise the lego movie gangster squad uh death note i'm assuming that's the netflix series uh, yeah it, the movie uh, the Lego Ninjago movie. So it looks like a lot of the um, the Lego movies he's been involved in. Uh, executive producer for Godzilla, Kings of Monsters, Aladdin, Chapter 2 of It, uh, The Two Popes, Godzilla vs. Kong, Haunted Mansion. Aladdin 2 is what he's currently working on at the moment. Uh, Lilo and Stitch is listed here. I wonder if that is a, a live action Lilo and Stitch. Uh, and the, and the oh, list goes on. Okay. So who knows what's going to happen with those future uh, movies because... Uh, Warner Brothers is eyeing him off to be the DC's uh, producer, the the overlord of everything happening in terms of the DC films. And this, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks now um, in regards to the state of uh, what is happening in the DC EU. We've heard a whole bunch of things, but at the moment, the biggest thing, it's not official, it's not 100%, uh, but the rumors are that uh, Warner Brothers is eyeing off dan lynn to um to head the, their studio i mean it was ah oh, fizz man you're gonna have to look this up because i'm drawing a bank uh, a blank on this fella here uh but he is the current uh overlord of what's happening over at dc uh films oh, uh, the current kevin foggy right he's the current kevin foggy it's um oh, why Walter am i drawing Hama a Thank you. It's Walter Hamada. Thank you so much. Uh, apparently, he is going to be finishing up once uh, Black Adam has been released. Uh, apparently, he wanted to leave a little bit early. We mentioned this before, but it looks like he's going to be leaving after Black Adam. And then I would assume that after that, then officially they will announce Dan Lin as the Mega Lord. Uh, I don't know Dion, if you I'm heard that, that rumor about Dan Lin that's kind of circulating recently, but um, he was in an interview and they kind of just addressed the the Snyder was uh what is it release a Snyder Cup for yes. when, they, when they did that for Justice League and he kind of made a little bit of a joke about that he's like oh the bots you know and then he got a lot of backlash from a lot of Snyder fans like they were bombarding him at once so it's like it's going to be interesting his transition into becoming that that kind of Kevin Feige of DC well there's been a couple of um rumors I, I guess you would have to call them in, in talks of like uh warner bros discovery are talking about bringing henry cavill and also ben affleck back and that yeah. they want them to be their superman and their batman yes. moving forward for the next 10 years which is unreal i'm so happy that baffleck if he comes back but it looks like aquaman and all that are going to be uh having him in there abdullah agrees with you um i agree with king so there you go um and it's then also I noticed as well during the week, it may have been yesterday I noticed it, but it looks like uh, Warner Discovery said that they weren't 
happy with the decision of Warner Brothers releasing the Snyder Cut because it sort of undermined their push. And they're like, oh yeah, we got this. And everyone loved the Zack Snyder's version. And then they're pushing their, you know their mainstream movies and it wasn't as getting as much praise. So they're just like, I don't think that was a good decision that you guys did that. So that's why I guess, you know, discovery are trying to really get a grip of what is happening for the next 10 years and good on them. Um, would you like to add anything to that D or fizz who uh, maybe D anything you want to, I'll go for um, it. I think they're trying to still release the Batgirl movie. Like because DC and one of us has the plan to use the D, uh, the Batgirl film as a tax write off. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but then apparently it might be illegal for them to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Too, I'm not too like strong on the details. There was something I just yep. uh, skimmed past, but um, honestly, I feel like there might a, be a campaign. There might there, be a campaign there, that fans to start to just get that back, back old movie out, just like the Snyder Cut. I, I yeah, would be surprised that. if that happened. But then in saying that, you know how I was saying before about, you know, that, uh, Discovery were not impressed with the decision of releasing the Snyder Cut. Do you think they're going to have the same approach with um, Batgirl? Mm, and I know it's already yeah. in the can and all that sort of stuff, but if they're trying to rewrite and um, you know try and change the course of what is happening with the DC films, it might be a bad play for them to just drop it. Uh, and it's drop it as in make it public for everyone to view. Um, so who knows? Uh, who knows? I mean, a lot of people are saying that there might not be a DC fandom this year. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I was involved with it for the last past two years, uh, but who ne- Who knows? Uh, Tal just chimes in and says the Justice League was their biggest mistake in the first place. And I guess that's because that it was a darker I, I would, I would disagree, Tal, with uh, Why is the that Justice fizz? League. I don't know. I actually really enjoyed uh, Joss Whedon's take on the Justice League. Like, I felt oh, it was okay. it was very different to how DC films have been in the past, and I guess it's because it was uh, a lighter, so it wasn't as dark in terms of color grading and everything as yeah. as it has been. But I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't. Couldn't, I couldn't get through the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut was really? far too long for me. Oh, I've and watched I kind of like this times. kind of like. I like the fact I haven't heard anyone say they they they've liked Josh Whedon's cut before, so it's quite I, interesting I, to hear I, your side of it. I, I had no issue. It's the same with the Suicide Squad. Like I actually the first really one. enjoyed yeah the the first one, not the um not the airs cut or whatever yeah. they they want to call it, but um the one that was released in the films, I actually had no issues with. It. I really enjoyed it. and I felt like it was a good, it it was good for like your casual audience but like for your hardcore dc fans that's when people would have an issue but like for like your average moviegoer i feel like that it, it wasn't it's an enjoyable movie look how do you I feel about mind... Andrew... sorry yeah, you go. Go for it. no i was just gonna say i didn't mind the justice league one either um i think it was just a totally different tone and very jarring compared to man of steel uh, Batman v Superman, and then when you get to the Justice, and even like even Wonder Woman as well, and then when you get to the Justice League, and it's sort of like maybe sexualized Wonder Woman a little bit, and then also the humor that Batman was doing, and you're just like, this is really very different. I mean, I thought it was fine. 
But um, like fine as in like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. And I loved the fact that the Flash was on the screen. I love the fact that we got to see Cyborg and we got to see, um, you know, that whole like uh, the Atlanteans and then, you know, uh, Themyscira, mm-hmm. you know, all the, uh, the, the Amaz- Amazons coming out. I enjoyed it. There's for the, definitely you know, some the good points building. in it. Hundred percent. There was some good points in it, but the biggest off point for me in that the Josh Whedon cut is Henry Cavill's CGI and mustache. Like, what was that? That yeah. was atrocious. But I guess the flip side of it is like, what? What do you do? Do you just have? I know everyone's like, you should have just had him with a mustache, but it's just like, you, <laughs> look you, like Omni Man, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, you yeah. can't do that because then everyone would be like, oh, they're lazy. They should have done this. And it's just like, you, you can't win. And then I guess in terms of the success that the Marvel films were getting at the time, and I guess that Warner Brothers wanted that that money as well. So, and I don't blame them. It was just, it just, I don't know. It's hard. I, I wouldn't want to be the person making the calls because it is a hard decision. Uh, D, any last takes before we leave it there and we move on with um, some trivia questions? Is there anything else you want to add to that? I'm just hyped to see Henry Cavill come back. Like I think he's his role as Superman is perfect, and that's something I'm really excited for. Look, Ben Affleck, I'm rooting for, but he's not like my go-to favorite Batman ever. But mm. Henry Cavill, oh, perfect Superman! I'm so I'm so keen for that. Have you seen that fans have been casting him casting him in the MCU as Captain Britain? Have you seen yep. these? Like, yeah. yeah, I heard that. That's definitely as soon as Ooh. Kevin Feige steals Henry Cavill, it's just Endgame for. For DC, like we're stealing your character now. <laughs> what do well, you do with DC? Funny thing you <laughs> mentioned that. Um, apparently, Henry Cavill is rumored to star in to be in Loki season two. What? Oh, yeah, what? I did not see that I just, That got dropped today. So what? Um, did they? Someone it's, spot- it's still it's still a rumor, but apparently that's they're eyeing him to be in Loki season two. It's cool. I feel like Henry, like you, you, we've seen videos of him like building his PC, and he's involved in like so many cool, like nerdy culture sort it's of films and stuff like dude, that. Honestly, but it just seems like he's just a fan, and he's just like, hell yeah, I'll be in the Marvel MCU, and uh, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm gonna be in, in in the DC, and yeah, I'm gonna be in The Witcher, and yeah, I build PCs. Like he just seems like just. It's just so cool to have someone like him represent the geeky culture. Before we chime off, I just want to get in here. Tao says, the first Suicide Squad I personally enjoyed too. I enjoyed that as well. Definitely go re-watch the trailer, the very first trailer for the Suicide Squad. Watch it. It had Queen, the underscore, uh, like the... The soundtrack is Chef's Kiss for the first yeah. Suicide Squad. I'll yeah, and I think everyone was like, what is this movie about? And then I guess when they saw the movie, it was just a little bit of a different tone. If you guys uh, didn't know, the reason why I got a lot of backlash as well is because the trailer was so good that they got yeah. the the I don't know what they call them the um the creator of the trailer to edit the movie as well. So the movie at some points felt like a trailer with the kind of transitions ah, from scenes. So okay. that's why I got like a lot of backlash. But there the trailer was amazing. The trailer was, in my opinion, sorry Fizz, but the trailer was better than the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's all good. Wait, but we'll... definitely go check it out. It is a really cool trailer and um, it was cool because I guess Guardians of the Galaxy had their trailer and everyone was really impressed with that and then the movie was just it succeeded all expectations and then I guess when Suicide Squad came around and you know there's a lot of unknowns in that film uh, everyone was like no this is a solid trailer we're excited for this so um, Abdullah chimes in in the chat as well saying that Wonder Woman will be in Shazam 2 movie hmm I didn't hear that but that would be cool that would be cool apparently um, Superman is rumored to be in Black Adam somewhere Um, so yeah that 
That would be cool as well. And then Tao just chimes in as well. That's Henry cool. Cavill is also on a lot of people's fan casts as James Bond. I have heard that as well. Um, I have also heard some other rumors as well. But, you know, good on him. He is awesome. So, um, so on Abdullah's point of Wonder Woman being in Shazam 2, uh, it isn't Gal Gadot. It's someone else. Oh. And it was oh, at okay. CinemaCon in the DC panel. But it, it wasn't Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. How does that work? Oh. Yeah, I, I guess like a different. We got a multiverse like, in DC now. Well, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, Henry Cavill is rumored to be playing Hyperion in Loki season two. Oh, there you go. That's sick. Abdullah says, uh, "I think it will be a post-credit, maybe in Black Adam, is what he's referencing." And uh, Fizzman, can you read this out for me? What? Good what morning, Kikazoid. Expelliarmus. Yes, I knew you were going to say it a lot better than what I would. All right, we're going to leave it there for the trending topics. If you guys want to chime in on the chat at all, if we missed anything, definitely let us know. Uh, we love hearing from you. And um, uh, yeah, that, that about wraps it for our trending topics. Now, we're going to throw it over. We're going to have a little bit of a break. We're going to throw it over to Captain Fizzman's variant because we want to know what is happening in this week's trivia. Take it away, variant Fizzman. It looks like you're running late for something. I wonder what it is. Hey, guys. Sorry, I can't talk much, but here are your weekly trivia questions because I'm kind of late for the sorting fee. Okay, question one. On what date do students leave to go to Hogwarts? Do you think you know it? Okay, question two. At what time did the Hogwarts Express leave King's Cross Station? Okay, and then your final question. Who is known as the keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts? Those are your three questions. I'll be back later with the answers. I just, I can't stick around. I'm late for the sorting face. Oh, I think Fizzman, my you... variant might be hyped up on coffee or something. That was quick. <laughs> he was definitely on something. Yeah, he was quick about that. <laughs> he, he did not want to mi miss the sorting fees. There you go. Well, uh, if you know the answers to the variant uh, Captain Fizzman's questions, definitely let us know in the comments below. Also, while you're at it, definitely follow us on all our socials for Geekazoid Live. Uh, on Instagram, it's at, uh, at Geekazoid Live. And also... Um, on Facebook, you can follow us, Geekazoid, and on YouTube as well. Uh, your support means the world to us, and we really do appreciate it. And if you're over at um, uh, Instagram, we are dropping the trivia questions there as well weekly with the answers. Mm. So uh, if you know the answers, let us know in the questions. Sorry, let us know in the in the chat. We would appreciate that. And um, and yeah, also, Fizzman, we dropped something in our Instagram stories uh, <laughs> yesterday afternoon for everyone to get involved with in regards to going back to Hogwarts. Let us know how they can join in on the fun. So to join in on the fun, uh, if you look at our stories and then the next one, screenshot the blank, the blank, uh, the blank slide, and then fill in your answers to the questions. So it's favorite house, uh, your Hogwarts house or favorite house, your favorite spell, favorite subject, and your favorite pet. And if you tag Geekazoid, uh, hashtag Geekazoid, and then at Geekazoid Live and then tag your three closest friends or any any three people that you want to tag. Yeah, definitely join in on all the fun. And also for everyone that's tuning in live at the moment or listening to this uh, via podcast, 
We are going to be doing our first giveaway next week. Uh, to find out more about that, definitely check our stories, and we'll also let you know about this a little bit more uh, next week in the stream. All right, we are going to be talking about the greatest. What is the greatest, the best Harry Potter film ever? <clears throat> And I feel like uh, mine is probably a little bit more... This is going to be like... the most controversial debate with the biggest expert of Harry Potter here. This is like the encyclopedia <laughs> of Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> I, I, bought, I, I brought the, uh, the facts and everything. So I will um, just, just wait, get till, wait, get wait till you get to me. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, what makes it the greatest Harry Potter film? Is it the conversion, the conversion from book to film? Is it like the portrayal of the characters? Is it the the the, the magic? The like, what classify it as the greatest film, Harry Potter film of of all time? And it's interesting that we all have different answers here. And I know with Fizzman, he could probably debate every single movie as to why it is the greatest film. I, I mean, I, I'm just going to say I had a hard time choosing. Which picking. One. Really? Yeah. Oh, like, I had a hard time. I, kids, probably right? changed my, I probably changed my choice like three times because I like evaluated everyone and I'm like, okay, this is the one I'm going with. So just stay tuned for that. Awesome. All right. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to kick this thing right off. The, the film that I have picked... I mean, I thought about the original, the classic, The Sorcerer's Stone, um, and I couldn't go past this one because as a, as a kid, and also even today, this is my favorite one to rewatch. And it also, I, I don't really read books, but this one definitely left a lasting impression on me. I really enjoyed reading this book. I'm talking about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and... I just remember watching this in the cinema. It had a bit of a darker tone. Uh, it also introduced a couple of characters that I really love from the franchise as well. Uh, it's just... It's just a great film. It's, it, it's a little bit more mature. I mean, especially coming out of uh, Chamber of Secrets, which is the film just before it, or, the, or the, the book before it. Just seeing this come to life, the time-turner scene... Uh, you know, Harry's finding out about his uh, godfather and then, you know, finding out all... It's just such a great film. I'm really butchering this because I'm really getting distracted by what is playing on the screen here, but that's, this is where uh, my friend Captain Fizzman is going to chime in and, and, and help me out a little bit with what we are seeing uh, and, and, and why you think Prisoner Azkaban is really up there in, in regards to being the Harry Potter film. So help me out, Fizzman. Uh, so, you want to know what's actually happening? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, the plot of Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban is essentially, it is Harry's third year. He uh, escaped convict from the Azkaban prison, uh, the wizard prison Azkaban, which is the hardest prison to escape. There's only two people who have successfully escaped the uh, Azkaban. It is Buddy Crouch Jr. and also Sirius Black. Um, Bellatrix, the Strange, and our Death Eaters, they had help from the Dementors, but essentially it is um, Harry's in his third year. This is when the films start getting to be darker. They start getting into a darker tone. So Prisoner of Azkaban is sort of when things start happening. It's really like Goblet of Fire where things take that, like where the tone just goes up into the darkness. Um, but essentially Sirius Black is on the lookout for Harry. Well, they think he is. But, um, spoiler, he's actually looking for Peter Pettigrew, 
who uh, is the reason why Harry's parents were murdered because he actually told Peter Pettigrew is the one who told Voldemort where to find it. He basically gave them up because the Wizarding World assumed that Sirius Black was the one that gave up gave up the Potters, but it was actually Peter Pettigrew. But they don't find out because they who like court systems and the judicial system in the Wizarding World isn't that great and they don't know how to use Veritas Serum and um, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, they just assume because Sirius Black decides to go after Peter Pettigrew. Uh, so it's essentially uh, following that whole journey. And then uh, you also have fan favorites like Buckbeak coming mm-hmm. to play. And this is actually, yes. Christopher Baskaban is the film where we have the change of the Dumbledore, the Dumbledore actors because... Uh, Richard Harris, right, who played Dumbledore yes. in the first and second film, he died of, I think, Hodgkin's uh, cancer. Yes. yes. Um, so uh, Michael Gambon takes over the role, and this is where we start to get the more intense Dumbledore, and especially in Goblet of Fire, where we get the, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Which is <laughs> such a... Uh, the fans love mocking it, because yeah, in the book, it me. says he says it calmly, but that is not calm at all. So. I, yeah, but I love that. I think that's great. And and you make a good point there as well. Where And I actually totally uh, forgot about that, that the uh, Dumbledore's changed over there. Um, we also get introduced to like a couple of new things in the Wizarding World as well. Uh, is this the first time that we see the Dementors in a Harry yes, Potter film? it is the first time and we see the Dementors. We get introduced to Hermione's Time Turner. Yep. And I think I'm a... I'm a I'm a sucker for anything that has to do with time travel. Like I love my Back to the Future. I love what they did in Endgame as well. And anything anything to do with time travel. And I feel like because of the time turner in this film, I love that scene that they, it just reminded me of Back to the Future where they went back and things started like interacting and where they throw, you know, the rock or, or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like I was just like, wow, that is cool. And I remember it is reading also it. the film where we first get our look at the Marauders map and the introduction of the Marauders, yes. which if you are familiar with Harry Potter lore, it is Harry's father and his friends. So uh, Prongs is James Potter. Mooney is Remus Lupin, who is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher yes. in this film. Uh, Padfoot is Sirius Black and Wormtail is Peter Pettigrew. So, and this is also, I know you mentioned it before, but Buckbeak as in a hippogriff, that's the first time that we are introduced to, yes. you know, that, that creature. Um, and also it's the first time we see Hagrid as a teacher. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. That's scene. Oh, and then also Sirius Black. That's the first time we get to um, really check out Gary Oldman in, in all his glory. Um, and and I also Hermione he... punched Malfoy. Yes. And I thought that um, Gary Oldman cast as uh, Sirius was a, a, a great... Well, so, fun fact with that yes. is that the Marauders, at that time, they're supposed to be in, like, their 30s. Because Harry's parents die at the age of 21. And so, in the 90s, which is where this is set, they're supposed to be in, like, their early 30s. Uh, the reason why they cast... Gary Oldman, um, Timothy Spall, and David Thewlis as your marauders is because of Alan Rickman. Because Alan Rickman was too old to play Snape. So they needed to, and Snape was in the year of the marauders. So they kind of needed to match that age range. So that's the, oh, that's the reason why they aged up the people wow. who, Harry's parents and the marauders and all of them, because it is 
because of Alan Rickman. Yeah, wow. I, that That is really interesting. There you go. Well, um, Fizzman, I, I, I appreciate you chiming in and helping me out with... Um, you know, saying why Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban, is what I think personally the greatest Harry Potter film of all time. There is a bit of like, you know, childhood, you know, memories that link in that with the book. I remember it being by my bed and I read that one probably the most out of all the Harry Potter books. Um, and then they started <clears throat> to get thicker and then I struggled to read them. <laughs> but I actually should really pick them up. Sorry, Fizzman, before you go on a little tangent and all that sort of stuff, how many times have you read the Harry Potter series? Um, it's, it's too many to count. I think it's maybe 20 plus times. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is mind blowing. And, and that, it's not just reading. I'm also listening to the audiobook. So when I'm working, I'm listening to the audiobooks and picking up on new things. New stuff. And everything. Yeah. By the way, everybody that are listening to this, uh, Fizzman went to a Harry Potter trivia last night and... Of course, your boy, he cleaned up. He cleaned yes. house. That was awesome. Uh, I'll get to that at the end of the show, if you don't mind, Fizzman. But we're going to pass it over to Dion. Dion, <clears throat> your Harry Potter film of choice. What is? What do you think is the greatest Harry Potter film of all time? I think, in general, when it comes to any kind of film franchises, having like picking the greatest film of all time from that franchise can always be a bit subjective, right? Um, so yeah. I guess in my own personal humble opinion, I have always, ever since I was a kid, I've always enjoyed Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix for multiple reasons, which I'll get into now. But starting off with just, I never really, I, I haven't read all the books properly. So I guess I'm not a, like the, the, um, a proper Harry Potter fan per se, but I watched all the movies religiously as a kid since like I was, since I can remember, I've been watching Prisoner of Vasco, just to go quickly back to that one, I think I've watched over 30 or 40 times just as a kid on replay, as a kid, you know, on, ho on like school holidays, I'd watch it with my siblings. It's just, I never, um, this was also the the first Harry Potter movie I saw in cinemas, 2007, I'm pretty sure it came out. Um, this movie now, let me, let me get into why this is my favorite and also subjectively the best Harry Potter movie of all time. I've always been a fan of Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series and to get him see to get to see him fighting Voldemort which was one of the like I don't know how to explain it it was like one of those feelings when I was just like let's go like I just I just wanted to watch it over and over again to this day I still replay that YouTube clip on YouTube just watching Voldemort versus Dumbledore fight I wish it was longer like I wish it was as long as the Battle of Mustafar from Star Wars like that battle <laughs> is just it just sticks in my head to this day it's just so bad I've seen Dumbledore just wipe the floor with Voldemort and to see what else he could have done before he disappeared. But that's pretty much the reason, the main reason why I love this movie so much. Another reason is just the character development with everybody, like learning, you know, um, all the spells, working together to, um, you know, becoming that little team under Harry Potter, which was pretty cool. And also the really annoying but great actress, you know, the, I, don't, I can't remember her name. Umbridge. Melda Stoughton. Is that, is that her, the actress? Melda Stoughton, yeah. yeah. So Umbridge was obviously the most annoying character ever, but also one of the best characters ever, because if she's annoying, then she's doing, the actress is doing her job properly. And, mm. you know, it really got a lot of Harry Potter fans annoyed, but it just made it more interesting. And she made the movie really good, just being that annoying character and, you know, trying to bust Harry Potter's little secret hideout and stuff. So this, this movie overall was just amazing from the character development of each character, learning spells, learning how to defend themselves, seeing that, uh, you know that love interest grow with with Harry as well, 
Um, overall, an awesome movie. Dumbledore, Voldemort, Chef's Kiss. Fizzman, is there anything that we're missing in regards to Order of the Phoenix? I know you are the mad scientist and the brain. You are I, the Kevin I mean, Feige. I mean, of- you, you have the introduction of the probably one of my favorite characters, Bellatrix the Strange. Oh, of course. Eleanor Bottom Carter yes. in Order of the Phoenix. Whoa, you also yes. have, on, on Jaden's point with Prisoner of Basketball introducing the Marauders, we get a more deeper look into the Marauders in Order of the Phoenix. We start seeing the Black Family Tree. And the noble house of black in the like oh, in terms of law and like exploration into ancestry and everything, Order of the Phoenix does it the best. It is also we actually get a look at Lily Evans, James Potter, when they were in their prime back in back in their school years. That's essentially Snape's worst memory when Harry takes a look at two he essentially sees a different perspective of his dad because he sees that his dad was a bully and it changes his opinion of him. Yes. Like, no, he can't he can't be that. Like it doesn't make sense. Um that is a lot of an argument for when people are like, oh James Potter was a bully. Yes, that is one of the main things. But I I, I could talk forever as how much I hate Snape so much. Um <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole PowerPoint presentation. Um <laughs> I'm not kidding oh, with that. that um but also what we have is, um, and Order of the Phoenix is my absolute favorite book in the Harry Potter series. Okay. All 870 pages, I have read that. Originally, there, I was going to go Is there a reason Order why the it's the longest book? Is there a reason why it's the thickest Because one there book? is so much to cover. Like you have, <laughs> you have Dumbledore's army. You've got the room requirement. You've got all of like this backstory as to why certain things are happening. You've also like, it is a longest book because there is like so much content to go to. We also get another look at the centaurs. Like what mm. Order of the Phoenix does, it actually builds up on what we already know about the wizarding world and just expands it. And my favorite character in the Harry Potter series ever is Frank Longbottom. And he is mentioned once. He only gets like 10 seconds of screen time, <laughs> but I don't cool. care. Okay. He is still screen time. <laughs> Yeah, that's mad. It, 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 this is also the first time we get to see Mad Eye Moody, right? That's this no, is his first. No, of Fire is when we first get to see Mad Eye uh, Moody, but, he, but we yeah, see him play Crouch Jr. Yeah, yes. But this is when we actually see Mad Eye Moody as, as Mad Eye yeah. Moody, and yes. we see the Order of the Phoenix, the introduction of the Order of the Phoenix. So we get. Can to we talk about how like bad the opening scene was for like not not the opening opening scene because that was with Dudley, but like the opening scene of um. The Order of the Phoenix, when they all come in and like save Harry, like that was, the that was so guard, cool. Yep. Yeah, the music and everything, it was pretty cool. That I also cried cool. when Sirius. But like, it is I... also, yeah, it's when Sirius. Actually, okay, so in everyone says Bellatrix the Strange killed Sirius. She did not kill Sirius, okay? The way it happens in the book, which is how you... it is in canon, it serious? is. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's the veil that kills Sirius because what Bellatrix doesn't cast any killing curse. Um, she just cast like probably stupefy because it, it says specifically a flash of red light. It isn't actually a flash of green light that kills Sirius. It's a flash of red light. Fun fact: when they were filming it, when Sirius dies, Dan Radcliffe's scream was so agonizing and painful that they literally had to mute it. That is why when you actually when you watch the film, you can't right. actually can't hear Dan Radcliffe. Harry really? screaming because it was so agonizing that everyone started to Ooh, tear up. You giving me you giving me chills, Fizz oh, man. man. 
and they're multiplying. Wow, that's wow. I've, I've I cannot wait to re 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 rewatch the Harry Potter film. Is that is that English? Uh, sorry, just t- touching on uh, Mad Eye Moody just really quickly. Uh, Brendan uh, Gleeson is yeah. the actor. And I just finally, for the first time, watched Gangs of New York with um, Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Catherine, Catherine, uh, Cameron Diaz. And he, the actor of uh, Mad-Eye Moody, he was in that. And I, I was like, I recognize this guy from somewhere and I couldn't picture it. And this film came out in twenty, sorry, 2002. And I was like, no way, that's Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Wait, Gangs of New York came Mad-Eye. out in 2002? Yes. Okay, I was about to say, All of the Things came out in 2007. So there you go. So he was a, a little bit younger than what we see him in the film, but obviously they've, he's you know got his whole makeup and you know his his whole look going. Uh, but Dion, before we leave it there, anything else you want to add to this? I actually don't mind Order of the Phoenix. I remember going to the cinemas to see it, and I remember the the uh, the filming style was very different to the previous films as well, um, and it was a little bit mm. jarring. Was this the one where they had like the black? Like the white that goes into black. Do you do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, the white that goes into black. Oh, I, I think I know what you're trying to. Uh, oh talk no! About. Unless that is. Are you talking I'm about thinking... the Warner Brothers the logo? Where it no, I'll, I'll have to look at it and then I'll have to share it in my stories what I'm talking about. But now that I say it, I, I it actually could be prison. There was one of those movies that, that started about. with. Yeah, yeah, like at the beginning of the movie when he's doing that curse under the, under the, like his bed sheets, and it's like it starts getting luminous and then goes yeah. dark. You talking about that? Yeah. No, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll try and find a, what I'm talking about, but I think I'm actually getting my Harry Potter's confused. All right, I was gonna mention real quick just regarding uh, Mad Eye Moody, the actor that played uh, him in Goblet of Fire is like literally my favorite actor ever, David Tennant. And like, I don't know what you you guys i guess take is on his portrayal of him in goblet of fire but i think he did a really good job like i've seen so many people like just do his whole entire uh his whole entire scene on tiktok just reiterate every single word for word and it's just it's so good like the way that he portrayed that character i feel like he did do you want to know a fun fact dion go on we do uh the tongue flick that david Tennant does as marai moody was completely improvised by him it actually isn't in the script of course it is of course it is fucking love that guy my language though yeah Bye. wow all right we're <clears> gonna <throat> leave it there we're gonna have a little bit of a break we're gonna throw it over to Fizzman for the the last trivia i hope he made it yes. i'm really nervous that he didn't make it i, I hope <laughs> I, I hope he got his feast because he was really excited for that so uh we're gonna have a little bit of a break these trivia questions this week are like, bam, really quick. So uh, if you need to go to the bathroom, if you need to do whatever you need to do, you've only got a short amount of time to do it. In. But here we go. The answers to the trivia questions right now. Geekazoid. Oh, I'm so full. That was such a good feast. Oh, how did you guys go with the answers? Did you think you got them all? Well, here they are. Okay, question one. On what date do students leave to go to Hogwarts? The answer is September 1st. Okay, question two. At what time does the Hogwarts Express leave from King's Cross Station? The answer is 11 a.m. And then our final question. Who is known as the keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts? The answer is Hagrid or Rubius Hagrid. Let us know how you did in the comments and make sure to check out my socials at Captain Bisman. Also, make sure to follow Gigazode on across all their socials. Anyways, back to you guys in the studio. Gigazoid.
how'd you go with those ones dion did you get them right <laughs> or oh, the first two the third one it didn't come to me straight away but it was like in the back of my mind i should have thought hagrid straight away it's so obvious but yeah I didn't know about until you told me this week because I obviously um, filmed that video for uh, Fizzman the other day and I didn't realize that Hogwarts left at that time at 11 a.m. And that, I was surprised to to really find out about that one. Wow, that is, is really cool. And Fizzman, <clears throat> I'd just like to say thank you again for all your contribution for all the trivia questions that you do and also editing them down for our socials as well. We really do appreciate uh, you you spending the time because I know that they're, they're not easy to, you know, obviously come up with the questions um, and also just editing them and getting them ready to to, to post online. So, uh, no, we really do appreciate it. And I've got to – I was laughing watching that because I didn't watch this um, when you sent it to me. I just quickly, you know, put it – put dropped it in and <laughs> the wind when it blew your rope <laughs> I didn't realize that that actually happened at the end of the question, but that's fine. That's it's he improvised magic. it. it yeah, no, that's yeah, great. Exactly. That that was really really good. Let us know in the comments below how you went uh, with those questions, and uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, our Instagram accounts for all the other trivia questions that uh, we drop during the week. All right. Mr. Fizzman, I know that you've chimed in on all the other ones, but you are you are the Kevin Feige of the Wizarding World. So before oh. we kick it off to my thought, I want to ask you guys a question. Mm, okay. What do you got? What do you think is the greatest measure of how good a film is, in your own opinion? That's a good question. That is a good question. And I think my answer varies depending on the franchise. There's um, so many variables to that, you know. Like, just like a movie in general. I guess it has to be a coherent story. And I, I think with all these franchises that have multiple films, they've got on their side history of characters and establishing the characters. And I think what they did really well with the Harry Potter series, you grew up with the actors and actresses and all that sort of stuff. And they're, and they're so lucky that they didn't have to recast anyone uh, like Hermione. They were very lucky that they didn't have to recast it. Cause I think that would be very jarring. Um, I know, um, I know that they had to do that with Dumbledore, but obviously, you know, the situation um, that, that they had to go, that route, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I don't, I don't, why, Fizzman, do, do, do you have an, an answer to this? And and then, like I said, like, I, yeah, I guess it varies, it varies in regards to the property. Um, but Fizzman, you're going to, you're going to tell us what we, what our answers should be. So, so what is, what is the answer? So, uh, how Hollywood probably measures greatest film is based on like award nominations. And oh. Oscars and all that stuff. Okay. The Harry Potter films have been nominated 12 times. They've never won, but they've been nominated 12 times at the Oscars. Uh, Philosophers had three nominations in Best Art Direction, Costume Design, and Best Original Score. Prisoner of Azkaban had two in Visual Effects and Original Score. Goblet of Fire had one in Best Art Direction. Half-Blood Prince, as a shout-out to Tay, had Best Cinematography. Uh, Order of the Phoenix didn't have one. Sorry, Dion. Um, <laughs> Deathly Hallows Part 1 had Best Art Direction and Best Visual Effects, and Deathly Hallows Part 2 had three with Best Art Direction, Best Makeup, and Best Visual Effects. So, out of the one, out of our choices, 
my selection for the best Harry Potter film in terms of storyline <laughs> and how it is perceived by everyone is Deathly Hallows Part 2. Oh, like I course. said, I came with the facts. How I came with the facts. I was I also taking this. So, in terms of box office earnings, uh, Prisoner of Aspen is actually the lowest out of the um, eight films. Uh, it made $789,592,708 at the worldwide box office um, and $249,757,726 at the domestic. In its opening weekend, it made $93,687,367. And that was released in 2004. Order of the Phoenix at opening weekend, May seventy-seven thousand one hundred and eight dollars, uh, one hundred and eight and four hundred and fourteen dollars. Domestic was two ninety-two million one hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred and sixty dollars, and worldwide was nine hundred and thirty-nine million six hundred nineteen thousand eight hundred forty-nine dollars. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, on opening weekend, at a production budget of a hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Opening weekend, it was $169,189,427. Domestic box office was $381,193,157. And worldwide box office was $1,316,355,322. Five minutes later. So, out of the entire franchise, Deathly Colors Part 2 is the most successful. Now, let's get on to the building of the storylines and everything. So, they made the choice of, and actually they were supposed to, they had planned to make Goblet of Fire onwards, two-part films, but unfortunately they didn't, so they did it with Deathly Hallows. They did Part 1 and Part 2. Part 2 is where we get, like, the, the bulk of the book. Because it focuses on the demise of Voldemort. It also focuses on the Battle of Hogwarts. May 2nd is known as Battle of Hogwarts Day. It's also International Harry Potter Day as well. Because that is when the Battle of Hogwarts became. It is the wrap-up of the entire franchise. We get we get a, a look at the final moments between Lily Evans or Lily Potter and Harry as a baby. We finally find out why Harry can talk to snakes and why he's able to peer into Voldemort's mind as we found out in Order of the Phoenix. So it ties sending things together. We also, I did mention Helena Bonham Carter at the beginning. So if you remember back when we were discussing the greatest trilogy, I said Steve Rogers trilogy and I mentioned about uh, Chris Evans mimicking Loki and then uh, Tom Hiddleston mimicking Chris Evans. Well, how it happened, because if you are familiar, uh, Hermione disguises herself as Bellatrix Strange. So how it worked is that pretty much it was Emma Watson acted the scene out and then Helena Bonham Carter mimicked uh, Emma Watson as Bellatrix Strange. So it's essentially uh, Helena Bonham Carter playing Emma Watson who is playing Bellatrix Strange. We also get uh, a closer look, a deeper look at Gringotts. We see the demise of Severus Snape as well. We also see, we also add another layer to Severus Snape as a film character. We also get the greatest line in the entire film franchise said by Molly Weasley as she basically explodes 
uh, Bellatrix is is like, not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> um, sorry for everyone watching. Uh, we also get uh, Neville Longbottom as like the greatest Gryffindor ever. We see the fake out between Harry. Narcissa Malfoy actually shows an entirely new, uh, turns a new leaf because she's more worried about her son. Uh, in terms of a recast, well, it wasn't a recast, but it was more so. So if you saw Blaze Zabini takes the role of Crab, so you had uh, Lewis, uh, I think Cardmore, I believe, and uh, sorry, Cordell, and you had Josh Herdman and Tom Felton playing the three Slytherin trio. The reason why is that Jamie Waylett, who played Crab, actually was charged for possession of marijuana. So that is why they took him out of the film. And that's why we have the replacement. (laughs) If you didn't know that. Uh, We also have many deaths. We also have many deaths, which, I mean, it is a battle. But it's just... And also, you know how we see the snap and everyone being disintegrated? Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows is the first time we actually see that effect in film. Because it is what has happened to Voldemort. That's wow. so true, yeah. That's literally how he disintegrated tons and dashes. I would, I'm going to regret saying this, but I would love to watch all the Harry Potter films with you, Fizzman. <laughs> Only because, like, obviously, like, I've seen them and I know what's going to happen, but just all the little, like, bits and To pieces. get that insight, yeah, all the Easter yeah. eggs and, yeah. Fizzman should have his own uh, personal uh, commentary uh, track on, like, a, like a re-release or something like that. Maybe we can organize Warner Brothers to be like, this is the Fizzman commentary track. And it's just <laughs> Fizzman going, yeah. And this, he was and born see- for that role. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Fizzman, keep going with your... Um, with your, I mean, I think you've won the argument, but you I can think, keep yeah, like I, I'm, I'm just pretty, bury I'm, us. I'm pretty done. I've like gone just through bury us. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, Look, it's just this is why I think it's the the greatest out of the entire trilogy. Yes, it may not be as faithful to the books as other ones. Like there are certain scenes that they've changed around, but in terms of wrap up of storyline and a culmination and how it finishes an entire series, like. As you see, we see all four, mar- all three Marauders. We don't count Peter Pettigrew because he wasn't part of that. And yeah, uh, we actually see them in the Forbidden Forest. We also see the joining of the Deathly Hallows, which are known to be like the three most powerful objects ever. We also get a greater look as to why Severus Snape is the way he is. We saw young Lily and we saw a young Petunia in the flashback um, during the Pensieve, like. There are so many different things that just wraps up and ties the entire franchise together. It is very interesting. And I know that you, you've made a great argument as to why this is the greatest film. And I have no doubt. I remember going to the cinemas to watch this and I was like blown away by how good this film was, how it wrapped it up. Were you cool when um, the scene where, Harry, where it's all white and Harry's there, and um, at King's Cross Station in the afterlife, where there you go, it's the, it's the part where between life and death. Yes, yes. Were you, were you cool with, with how they portrayed that scene? I was fine with it. Uh, it the, my issue with because I do have issues with the film for being not faithful to the books. Okay. Uh, the issue with the final battle between Harry and Voldemort, it yep. should have the way that it was portrayed in the book is that. 
after all of this, Voldemort is merely just a man. Like, take away his magic, take every, take away everything. He's still he's like a human. He's not a mortal, like right. he thinks he is. So okay. the way he dies in the books, he literally just collapses. He is. Oh. He doesn't disintegrate or anything. He literally does. He just collapses, and essentially we see him just a man. He isn't this big threat that we all saw. Which, but maybe to be honest, he really isn't. Like, yes, he. I wouldn't say he's the most powerful, uh, powerful wizard, because like he he uses magic selfishly, and he actually doesn't fully grasp the whole power of magic. Is we get a deeper look into why certain things happen, like for example, the blood sacrifice that Lily did to save Harry, and in the book we actually see that redone by Harry when he basically. Set, sacrifices his life to save everyone else and it essentially protects everyone else so usually in the films we see everyone else risking their lives for harry in the harry potter and deathly hallows book we see harry return that favor and he basically risks his life and sacrifices himself for the sake and the protection of others just uh putting it out there you said that uh voldemort disintegrated maybe Thanos was the one to get rid of Voldemort. Did you think of that? <laughs> but you know what? I, I wouldn't put a pass you Thanos to do that. Wow. But timeline-wise, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, well, that's I was going to say, like, like Harry kind of took that Avada Kedavra like a champion when Voldemort just, like, hit him with that. And then he went into, obviously, King's Castration and saw Dumbledore there. So he kind of did, you know, um, sacrifice himself also in the movie as well, which is kind of like a, a selfless thing to do. But I think 100%, I, we have to agree with Fizzman here. It definitely is the end game of the Harry Potter franchise. And like easily box office-wise, just story-wise, wrapping the whole film up, the, the cinematography, the character development, everything was, was beautiful in that film. It was, I, I, I had so much, I could, like, I could watch that film so many times and not get bored. It's just, it has that, that glory to, you know, Harry Potter. Well, this is where the argument happens. Can you just show that movie to somebody that has never ever seen a Harry Potter film before? No, no. it won't have so, the same no. effect. Yeah. It, it won't you, have this. It, it it won't have the same effect. That's it. So, like, if even if you showed any one of the films that we'd shown, uh-huh. it wouldn't have the same effect. It That's wouldn't true. give the entire story. That is true. So, I mean, every time I look at a film, I always go, especially when it's a part of a franchise, I'm like, if I was just to show that one, because like, and don't get me wrong, Deathly Hallows is a great wrap up of the franchise, which is unreal. And I want to talk to you about the very, very final scene when they've got their kids and stuff like that. But um, you can almost say like the, the film, the movie, the very last one wasn't successful just by itself. It was successful because of everything that, you know, preceded it as well. So, 100%. Um, it's, so, it's the same. It's the same with Endgame. It's the same 100%. with Justice League. It's like all of yeah. all of these Endgame type films. Yep, you can't Agreed. you can't Have consider them to be yeah the greatest. You, you can't film. consider them to be the greatest films ever because they're but you part can consider of this it overarching story. You can consider it as the greatest saga or franchise of all time, and and when you're definitely thinking about the the greatest franchise ever, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, MCU. Um, 
Harry Potter for sure. Uh, and everyone loves it. Like my grandmother, she is uh, oh, 90, really? 94. I remember she like she read the books. She, she loves reading. I remember when we went to see, um, we went to see, uh, I think the first three, I went to see my grandmother. This is the same grandmother that went, uh, we went to see the Batman uh, in March. She was like, can we go see that, uh, that Batman movie? I'm like, really? She that loves is crime. so cool. Yeah, yeah, she loves crime. I went to see Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 with her. I remember taking my grandmother to that. Uh, she loves Your all that sort of stuff. Oh, it's super Yes. 94, did you say? 94? She's not. Oh, actually, maybe not that up, but maybe 92. She's 92. Oh, she's going to kill me now. Maybe not 94. My my grandfather is 94. Uh, That's on my dad's side. Oh, he's probably 95 now. His birthday's coming up. Uh, And my nan, she's got to be, maybe she's 91, 92, 91. She's 91. I just put a couple of uh, years on her. I apologize, nan. Do not uh, put a... uh, a spell on me, uh, but anyway, she's originally she was from Stonehenge. Do you know where Stonehenge is? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very known for like their witches and wizards and all that sort of stuff. And it's got a very like rich uh, history of right. like witchcraft and all that sort of stuff. And she used to say back in her day, she used to climb all over it with her friends and all that as kids. And now when you go there, it's all sectioned off. It's like like you have to pay to go visit this sort of thing. So um, yeah, I, I think she is a bit of a a, a, a witch herself she says it herself but anyway um but anyway we're gonna leave it there in regards to the talks of harry potter uh definitely chime in if you haven't done so already or let us know um on our socials what you think is the greatest harry potter film of all time and then uh, oh before we move on i just want to talk about that very last scene Fizzman, in terms of the kids and the family and they've grown up and all that how did you feel about was that a good way to end to end it uh I feel like it was a good way to end it. I would have preferred... <clears throat> this is more like a preference for me. Um, where we see Harry, like... like I mean, in canon, we know how much back to finish her seventh year. So I would have loved to see that, like, sort of seeing that... Those moments in time that we would miss. Not like a, a huge 17, uh, 19 years later time gap. Like, I would prefer to see, like, the passing of time. Like, seeing the, the children being born of, like, those happy moments. Because after all that darkness, you uh-huh. kind of need that happy moment to be, like, to kind of bring it full circle. You know what I wouldn't have liked? Yeah. Is if at the end of the series, it flashes back to Harry being in the cupboard under the stairs, <laughs> being like it was all a dream. That would have been oh, such gosh. a cop-out. I would have... We would like it would have been a riot. Like even when Harry is standing on the ledge at Hogwarts, everyone is so terrified for his life because they're like, "Is he gonna jump? Like, is oh, he what? is he literally?" That's kind gonna... of like the same story as like the one you mentioned. When it's just like everything's just a dream. It's the same thing as Ash Ketchum being in a coma the whole time and Pokemon doesn't exist. <laughs> it's kind of like Pikachu that. was never a real thing. It was just a pain <laughs> medication. Um, well, look, I think I think what they tried to try to do with the the very last scene was show, I guess things are cool with Draco and also Harry and, and, and the whole gang and, and how they ended up as in uh, Hermione and Ron and, you know, Ginny and, and Harry and all that. I think that was really cool to see. Like, I, I know what you mean, Fizzman. You sort of wanted like like a Lord of the Rings ending where you followed everyone and you see how they finished up and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, the movie was massive enough. Like, they had to split it in two parts and two movies. Like, that's just nuts. 
I really want to watch. Wanna know I, have, I have two questions for you, Fizz, by the way. I have two go questions. I'll, I forget. I'll give. Yeah, D, you go first. I was just going to say, uh, I already forgot one of, one of the questions, but the, the one of them was, will we ever see a Harry Potter te- uh, 9? Sorry. Oh, I know it's a cost child technically, but will we ever see kind of a continuation of the Harry Potter series? They are trying to make that happen. Daniel Radcliffe has said he will only return if, if the story is right. And it's the same with mm. Rip and Emma. But I feel like a lot of it is because they've been very outspoken against the author. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. So it's going to take a lot in order to bring it back. Like, they want to make a Cursed Child film. They actually want to do that. But it's going to take a lot. It would be cool to be like a 20 years later type of thing. Like just like they did with the end of Deathly Hallows Part 2, you know, seeing them older and having that... 19 years later. 19 was it? Sorry, my bad. (laughs) Come on, Uh, D. You can't make mistakes like that uh, around Fizz, man. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot. Uh, Actually, Um, fun fact with that, the epilogue. Uh, So they actually had planned for Dudley to be at Platform 9 and 3 quarters. What? Um, that was my second question. Because they were going to Dudley. have Dudley have a magical child <laughs> to show that Petunia's oh, okay. uh, ancestry that wasn't just muggles. There was actually that spark of magic. Or how interesting! Yeah, so it's actually one of my favorite head cannons on the internet because it's uh, Daisy Dursley, and essentially she brings the technology of the Muggle world into Harry Potter. So because. Okay. At Hogwarts, when you use anything electronic, it doesn't work. It goes haywire because of all the magic around it. Like, if you were a muggle looking at Hogwarts, you wouldn't see the castle. You literally would see warning, uh, don't go ahead. Like, it's essentially like a bomb site. You wouldn't see that. So, wow. if you remember in Crimes of Grindelwald, yep. when they go to Hogwarts and you see Jacob looking at Hogwarts, like, he's just he has this weird look on his face. It is because of that, because he doesn't actually see Hogwarts Castle. He's literally seeing a wreckage. He's like, oh. that's so he's like, one of his, like, why are everyone, why is everyone so mesmerized? Or why is like, w- like, what's so great about just this wreckage? Wow. How interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm so assuming that's... that Harry Potter is set in modern time because it's like, there was cars in Deathly Hallows Part 1. Harry Potter like... is set in the 90s. In the 90s. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Because that's when the books were released, right? Yeah, it's also the explanation of at the time, so anyone born between the years of 1995 and onwards, that's why we didn't get a Hogwarts letter because Voldemort had started to destroy the ministry records of all muggle-born, which isn't wizards. So it is the explanation as to why someone like me didn't get a Hogwarts letter because at that time, all those records were starting to be destroyed by Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Isn't it crazy how one person came up with all of this? And right, yeah. That's, it's, that's but is it one person, Fizzman, or is so it like a team? J.K. Rowling took uh, she took inspiration from other things. Like Neil Gaiman has a series very similar to Harry Potter, so it was taking inspiration from this. She also would have taken inspiration from the Lord of the Rings. So like all of these fantasy franchises that existed before Harry Potter were like inspiration for certain things. It's quite insane though, about how intricate each character she's made has so much of a story. There's about over a hundred characters probably in Harry Potter and she's made such a intricate story, like attention to detail for every single character. And it's, it's insane. I, mean, I would how... name them all, but I think we'd be here for a <laughs> so. 
And speaking of that, we are going to have. Yeah, to we're cut about this we're we're, we're we're kind of over we're kind yeah. of over an hour at the moment. But that's fine. Like I've I've learned a lot, and I hope that everybody else listening has learned a lot as well. I'd like to thank Dion for tuning in and helping us out. We're trying to figure out the greatest Harry Potter movie of all time. Fizzman, I'd like to thank you for uh, putting us in our place and telling us what is the greatest Harry Potter film of all time. And I was just here. Uh, <laughs> as well. But um, guys, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone that is supporting us over Geekazoid, over our socials and tuning in live or downloading the podcast. We really do appreciate it. It is time to give back to you guys and we're going to be having a couple of giveaways over the next couple of weeks as well. So definitely check out um, our socials about that. We're going to be talking about some Rick and Morty stuff next week as well. And um, Tay came up for an event here in Sydney um, and we've got some Rick and Morty's uh, uh, goodies to give out next week as well Dion while you're in Melbourne definitely check out The Cursed Child if you haven't done so already it is it is on my list yes it is I'm phenomenal so and I know Fizzman you're probably going to check it out when you're down in PAX probably am I right I've already if checked you it out you've, you've already seen it I've already seen part one and part two I saw it when it was two parts I haven't seen it when it's like the one parter but I saw oh. it when it was two parts oh okay. see, I didn't know that well there you go the more you saw it in December Fizzman you probably saw it. You were like, no, no, I was there. I was in I was in the crowd and I was giving them directions. I'm like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I should say, I, I understand why it's not it's specifically in Melbourne because the staging and everything yes. that is it's designed, that, I, it's, it, it, would, it would be very complicated for them to take it all around Australia. Yeah. Like, the, Dion, the theatre is kitted out to, like, the whole theater is part of the performance. So there's the no whole way entire that, thing. The whole wow. entire thing. And without giving okay. anything away, like it is like an incredible, it is definitely worth going. If you, it, whether you don't like theater or not, it's oh, I love, I love theater. I love musicals. I love all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm telling so you now excited. when Natasha and I were invited to go see the, the, the redo where they just made it into one show. I wish yeah. I saw part one and part two. Cause I'm just curious to see how it played out. But, um, this was, a phenomenal show and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I would love to see it turn into a movie because I just like to see how people interpret things. But anyway, well, speaking oh, of that, there's actually man, you got one minute. to make a pro <laughs> shot of it, which one means minute. like a professionally recorded version of the play. Itself. Sort of like a Hamilton version, like yeah. what we saw. Ah, oh, that would be cool. They, I wouldn't they, mind they, seeing They want to do that in if they can't get a Cursed Child movie. Oh, how interesting. All right, we're going to leave it there. Dion, can you tell us where can we find you on your socials? Before I tell you guys where you can find me on my socials, I just want to pick off of what Jay was saying. Thanks so much for the support, guys. We like we, it means the world to us. You know, we we're just trying to spread our our love for pop culture here. Update you guys on the latest news of pop culture today. So thanks so much. You know, you can find us on Geekasoid, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can find myself, um, Kingsworld, on TikTok with two Zs, and on Instagram it's Kingsworld with one Z and two Is. But yeah, thanks so much for the support, guys, and we appreciate you heaps. Bless up. Fizzman, where can we find you on your socials, buddy? You can find me everywhere at Captain Fizzman. All, 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 all handles are the same across all social media platforms. Be real, Vero, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Um, I, I think I'm just everything I say. YouTube, uh, TikTok. Um, yep, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere and if you guys want to follow me on my socials it's at jrod underscore hd on tiktok instagram you can also follow me at Jaden rodriguez on youtube and facebook as well guys thank you so much for geeking out this week fizzman do you want to sign us off yes 
Thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Geekazoid. Make sure to check out all our socials for updates on what we are doing at any time when we're checking out the latest geeky news. And always remember, make sure to check out Jaden and Dion and also Tay. Tay. As well. Yes, Can't Tay as well. Tay Cannot forget uh, about Tay. Cannot forget about Or Miss Marvel Oz. Uh, and yeah, other than that, uh, keep geeking out. Keep geeking out. See you guys. Bye. Bye.